Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for a new week, a new day ahead. We thank you for a new opportunity. We thank you that this also means a fresh batch of grace that you renew for us. We thank you, Lord, that this also means that you renew your mercy for us this morning. You give us an opportunity to come back to you, to repent for our mistakes. And then out of that mercy, the grace that you release for us. You pour into that your understanding as well into our hearts. So that through that wisdom and that understanding that you give us, Father, out of that wisdom, there are certain things, elements of darkness in our life, our failures, shortcomings, the times we have fallen weak, we're able to overcome that with this grace that you make available to us. And we're able to rise again, never to fall back into that pit anymore. We thank you, Lord, that you are merciful. And we thank you, Father, that you call each of us by name to be with you and in your presence, to commune with you. To join with you in spirit. To make our prayers, our petitions, our cares, our concerns, our requests known. And you provide direction. You provide inspiration. You provide light that we need with the direction that we need to move in. We thank you, Lord, that you pour your peace and your joy into our hearts as well. And we share the same with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and praying family. We share it with Christians everywhere that do not yet know you, with all those that do not want to know you. We share it also, Lord, with those that we are lifting up in our place of prayer at our altar today and with those that have no one to pray for them. We offer our faith to stand in that gap, Father. And as we make our prayer, remembering all of these, Lord, we call on your name. The name of our maker, our creator. The one who blots out our transgressions and remembers them no more. One who makes the parched land into a pool of water and the thirsty land into springs of water. Giving us hope and an expected end. He is the Holy One of Israel, the one who is the Ancient of Days, our Deliverer, our Shield, our Strength. In you we place our trust, Lord. And we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus, the author and the finisher of that faith. He is also the author and finisher of our destiny. It is he who completes every good work that he has started in us. The Lion of Judah, our rock, our refuge, our daily bread. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of truth, the spirit of light and life. The one who has made his tabernacle within our body and draws us in, one who draws us near.
that as he gives life to our mortal body, keeps on drawing us near. Our prayer life, our spiritual life is not limited to being restricted to the outer courts. But we explore the holy place within. And through our journey, we reach the holy of holies through the blood of Jesus. That's where our communion becomes complete. We thank you, Father, that you continue to draw us by your spirit. It's not by might, it's not by power that we overcome anything external or anything within. But we receive the presence of your spirit and his anointing to help us continue on that journey to seek you more, to get to know you more and to walk humbly with you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with this gift of your word and your spirit. You have blessed us with angels, with destiny, help us. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with every provision in the physical, every spiritual gift in the heavenlies. We thank you, Lord, that you are the maker and you are able to make every grace abound towards us, that your hand is not short to preserve and protect and redeem. We thank you, Father. As we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak, every prayer we make, as well as every member of every family that is part of this prayer group by your precious blood, Jesus, the blood of the new and the eternal covenant. We bring each of these under that covenant so that the covenant performs over their lives, so that there is salvation, so that there is remission of sins because you have already paid that price. All we need to do is believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths your Lordship and our trust in you. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disaster, spiritual attacks. Command that angelic protection and I declare divine exemption from these by the blood of Jesus. We also herald the power in our spoken word as we proclaim your word from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. It says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out of my mouth today. It will not return to me empty. And as Ezekiel 12, 28 says, It shall not delay. It shall be completely fulfilled. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it, when I send it in faith, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that power of life on our tongue and the discernment to choose life in every word we speak. Thank you, Lord. Today I'd like to reflect on a mistake that we make quite often when we have done something wrong. And this was Adam's mistake too. So it actually started right from there. We are no different. Let's look at that scenario. This is Genesis chapter 3 from verse 7 onwards. Now this is after Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We'll touch more on that eating of that fruit tomorrow. But here, when God actually instructed them not to eat of that fruit, the first mistake they made here was disobedience. 
And we often like to think that this was why God threw them out of the Garden of Eden. But that's not what we're really reflecting on today. There's something more. Genesis 3 verse 7 says, After eating the fruit, their eyes were opened. That is, their awareness increased and they knew they were naked. So they fastened fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Then they heard God approaching and so hid from God among the trees. And the excuse to him for hiding was, because we were naked. And God said, who told you that? He surely did not give them that knowledge. It had to have come from somewhere else. Often we get other information as well and then try to use that in our exchange. And God's asking you the same question to who told you that? Did you see it in my word? And then when God asked them if they ate of the fruit, because it had to have come from there. Let's look at Adam's response now. And that's what our real reflection for today is. Verse 12, Genesis 3, verse 12. He said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree and I ate it. And then when you look at Eve's response, when God asked her, what have you done? We'll touch on that next. But first here, going back to this verse 12. The woman whom you gave to be with me. The first thing here, he's blaming God. And he's blaming the woman. Everyone else except myself are at fault. He did that. She did this. Not my fault. Second thing is there. She gave me the fruit. I didn't take it from the tree. When you actually go a few verses earlier and you see the woman's exchange eaves discussion with Satan and then she took off the fruit and she ate it. All along that time Adam was with her. Now she did not receive instruction from God directly but Adam did. He was the one that actually knew it through and through. The benefit of doubt could have been given to her. Oh, I wasn't really sure. Was it that way? I was confused. She could have said that. Because what she got in an instruction was what she heard from Adam. But Adam got it directly from God. So he had no excuse to eat that fruit. But yet he said, she gave me the fruit. He made an excuse. Next, God asked the woman in verse 13, what have you done? And the woman gave her excuse now. The serpent beguiled and deceived me and I ate.
someone convinced me to do this and I did it. Someone advised me to invest here and I did invest without reading the terms and conditions myself. Someone told me this was good, so I joined there. Without checking the facts myself. Or, still worse, even after knowing the facts. They deceived me and I let them deceive me. Without exercising caution. Both made excuses, blaming someone else, but not themselves. Now let's look at it from the start of the scene. They ate and their eyes were opened. What does that mean? They became aware of their mistake. That's what the eyes opened means. Their wrongdoing was exposed. Immediately they realized they made a mistake. And this is what is reflected then in the next lines where it says, they realized they were naked. So what is the first thing that someone whose mistake is exposed does? When he or she is exposed, they try to cover their mistakes. They try to bury their tracks so that they cannot get caught. Adam and Eve did the same. They tried to cover themselves too with leaves. Now, what did they do next? They hid. After covering your tracks, what does someone who has made a mistake do instead of owning it up? Go and hide. That they cannot be found, they cannot be caught. Is that sounding familiar? Have we done it in our lives? I sure have. When we made mistakes and didn't want to own up, we knew it was wrong and yet did it. And then when we realized it, the next thing is cover it up, hide it so that no one can catch it. But the bigger mistake comes next when the person gets caught. And then the tactic is blame someone else for it. But being filled with pride as we are, we don't accept our fault. And that was primarily the reason why Adam was kicked out of Eden. God didn't just kick him out for disobedience. It was him not owning up to his mistake, then blaming God and the woman and not himself. The bigger reason was there was no repentance. The question here is, what would God have done if Adam were to say, sorry, I messed up? I made a mistake. I repent and I won't do it again. He had a choice. Knowing how much God loves men, when we reflect on what the Bible says about God, remember John 3.16. God loved men so much that he gave of his only son to die. What will he not give? Would he not forgive? The Bible is all about forgiveness. And the call of Jesus from the very day he started his ministry. You see it in John chapter 4. Sorry, in uh, Matthew chapter 4 as well. Soon as John was arrested, the first thing when Jesus launched his ministry, he said, 
repent and be baptized, which is the same thing that John said as well. And that's what all the prophets came to say. So if that is God's primary message throughout the Bible, even up till today, do you think he would not have forgiven Adam? One John one verse nine says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness." So, knowing that love of God, my guess is He would have said, "That's okay. You made a mistake. Don't do it again now. I forgive you." Now, God would have still covered Adam's nakedness as well. For us, that covering of our nakedness is the blood of Jesus. He gave a covering himself. He would have covered Adam's nakedness as well. But no repentance means standing in pride, and still worse, blaming God on top of that for it. God had to expel Adam. Because Adam was now a reflection of Satan. He was no longer an image and the likeness of God. The minute he displayed pride, he fell. No repentance. Every time we sin, we take on more of Satan's image. And so God is warning us. And that's what the gospel message is all about. Repent and come back. Come back into the house. I'll restore your image and I'll restore you to life. But if you don't repent, then as Romans 6 verse 23 says, the wages or the outcome of your sin is death. Stop making excuses. If you know you made a mistake, own it and turn from it. He keeps reassuring us multiple times in multiple places in the Bible. The classic one is Romans 8 verse 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And you can only be in Christ when you repent. You confess with your mouth, believe in your heart and come to him and declare that allegiance. You repent and be baptized. And the next thing he does is he gives the gift of his Holy Spirit. All he's saying to us is stop making excuses. He who promised is faithful and he sticks to his word. And he will forgive because he loves you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for that burning in our hearts, Lord. For all those that are holding on to something not letting go, whether it is unforgiveness, whether it is a mistake we have made at some stage in our life and are not owning up to it, something that we have kept secret within us for many years in some cases. We ask for mercy today, Lord. We ask for that grace to come clean before you, to repent of our mistakes, knowing what your word says when we repent. 
you will not turn us away. But out of your infinite love for men, you bring restoration. You bring a lifting up. You introduce your light. You introduce life by your spirit. And then you give your word to feed us. Edify each one, Lord, that makes that decision today to put a full stop to any excuses they have been giving so far. And I ask for that grace, Lord, your anointing to touch each of these lives. So that where there is repentance, Lord, I ask for that gift of a fresh baptism to take place. A fresh renewal in the spirit. So that when your Holy Spirit is welcomed into their life, let there be a revival, let there be a massive transformation. One more soul saved in your kingdom, Father, that they may be rejoicing in the heavens. We ask, Lord, for these lives to be touched today. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease that are hospitalized will undergo any kind of procedures this day, this week. We pray, Lord, for all families that are embattled, that are facing division, separation, divorce, any kind. What you have joined together, Lord, let no man separate. It is not by might and not by any kind of bar, but it is by your spirit, Lord. That things stay in place. By your spirit there is transformation. We welcome your spirit into each of these homes Lord. Let there be a rebuilding taking place there from this day forward. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives. Especially that of prayerlessness, busyness, ignorance, poverty. Let that yoke of poverty be broken. Let that yoke of poverty of your word no hunger, too busy, that every such yoke of the enemy be broken, Lord, every ploy of that wickedness be destroyed by the blood of Jesus. And let there be a fresh grace for hunger for your word and your presence be introduced into each of these lives, Father, that we pray for. That they are drawn towards you and they make that conscious decision to give their life to you. We pray for our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends as well. Especially those that are not yet saved. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And as we release our faith and our prayer, making this a prayer of agreement with each other in the Spirit and with your Holy Spirit who prays with us and on our behalf. We believe, Lord, that this prayer is an answered prayer in the name of Jesus. We believe we have already received that answer. I encourage all those who can pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Scripture that was put on my heart this morning is from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a scripture that has been shared in the chat. This is from Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 19, quoted from the New Living Translation, where it is written, Your wickedness will bring its own punishment. 
Your turning from me will shame you. You will see what an evil, bitter thing it is to abandon the Lord your God and not to fear him. I, the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. And the second scripture shared. Second scripture shared is from 1 John 1 verse 9, quoted from the Amplified Bible, where it is written, if we, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, so this is a confirmation of the one we shared during the reflection. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, Everything that is not in conformity with his will and purpose. The third scripture shared is from Psalm 91 verses 1 and 2 quoted from the NIV. Where it says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in whom I trust. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We are being blessed by these morning encounters, Brother Savio's powerful daily reflections, the daily Divine Mercy and Rosary sessions, and the Friday Bible study sessions. Please share links for Zoom and YouTube. With friends and family, invite them to join us during live sessions. Alternatively, you can point them to the recordings that are available on our YouTube page, on our Facebook page, as well as on our Spotify podcast page. Do invite them to Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well so that they can receive notifications every time a new video is posted there. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and His favor that comes out of His jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for His glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day and a great week ahead, everyone. Thank you, Thank Russell. You, Russell. God, God bless everyone. God bless everyone. Bless everybody.